Welcome to Cornell University's Pro Dairy Podcast. In this series, we're going to be talking about COVID-19 and how dairy farmers and the industry in general have adapted to it. I'm Kathy Barrett, and I'm with Cornell's Pro Dairy Program. And I'm Rob Lynch, also part of Cornell's Pro Dairy Program. All right, folks, who we're talking to today is Scott Lindaker, who is the general manager for Mercer Milling Company. And uh, we asked him to kind of give us a perspective on what's going on at the mill and how he's responding to some of the issues surrounding COVID-19. So Scott, you're telling me that you're uh, working at the plant. Yes, I am. We have uh, about half of our office staff working from home, maybe a little more than half uh, working remotely. And many of people from our management team are working from home as well. However, um, being in the animal food production, we have most of our mill people come to work and work in regular shifts. And so um, so have you had to change at all how you're interacting with farmers and um, getting feed out to them? So Mercer Milling is a company that provides feed additives to feed mills and nutritional consultants. Mm-hmm. We do some delivery to farms for these nutritional consultants. And we have advised our fleet drivers not to leave their vehicles. Uh, Either they're in the cabs or they're in the back of the truck unloading. And we would like to keep as little contact with others as possible. And so have you you seen a difference in um, how orders are coming in or have you had to change any any of your operations as far as that goes? No, there seems to be uh, maybe just a little bit of people trying to build some inventory, although most of our customers are, are limited on storage space to start with. Orders are still coming in uh, at regular clip. Mm-hmm. We will see some shortages of products, I believe, in the, in the coming weeks. Some of the uh, products coming out of the Far East are not being shipped at this time. Mm-hmm. So it will, how will you adapt for that? For those products that are not going to be available, nutritionists will just have to make adjustments. Mm-hmm. At this point in time, it's uh, the, the products that may be in short supply are are not critical to the industry. Mm-hmm. So I think nutritionists will find other ways to uh, achieve their goals. Certainly. How about th- at the mill? You said, you know, you're the, the employees that are running the mill, you know, somebody needs to be there. Have you had to make any changes in um, how you're operating? Yeah, we've we've closed our building right down. Prior to COVID-19, deliveries could enter our facility and use our restrooms and so on and so forth. We've closed our building right down. We we are not allowing any visitors in, in our factory or in our office space. Our, our salespeople have been told they, there's no travel, so they're doing all their work remotely. There was a, a large purchasing conference being held in Seattle, I believe, last week that uh, the whole industry tries to attend, and that was canceled. Mm-hmm. So business as usual, but very, very, uh, we have things locked down very tightly. So you already said that uh, you've um, limited the contact from your delivery folks on farm, trying to keep that kind of um, separate so people don't don't interact directly, and you've got folks working remotely. And then at the mill, the employees that are there, they also are trying to kind of keep their distance from each other when they're actually working? Yep. That's, uh, mm-hmm. we're really enforcing the six foot rule with our people and they're, uh, they're aware and concerned enough that they're, they're abiding by that. And how about, so how about labor tra- uh, challenges? Um, are you, have you had anybody that has, uh, has been sick and even if they don't have COVID-19, but they're concerned that they might and have, have you had any issues along those lines of being short staffed? 
Uh, we had one employee a week ago Friday that thought he may have some of the symptoms of COVID-19, and we sent him home. Mm-hmm. Uh, we will leave him at home through this week. That'll be 14 days. My understanding is he he has not had any of the symptoms since then and, and one was unable to be tested because he was asymptomatic. Mm-hmm. Um, the other employers are quite concerned that uh, they don't want him back in the building until the 14 days has passed. At this point, we've had no other issues with, with health. I I think mm-hmm. the day will probably come, but so far we we have not had to experience that. Mm-hmm. So it's one of the things that um, we're concerned, farmers have been concerned about is if uh, folks get sick and they're short-staffed, you know, they, you know, the the type of um, work they do on farms, and I imagine the same as as with mills, is uh, fairly specialized. You know, not just somebody can walk off the street and and run a mill. So do you have sort of sort of contingency plans in place in case you do end up with some folks that are sick? Yeah, we the, the final step that we can take here would be to uh, split our shifts. We've, we've been hesitant to do that because mm-hmm. our shifts would be small enough that if we did have an individual get sick, we it would be difficult to run our operation. Sure. But we, we, can, we can further split our staffing down at the mill and if we need to, to uh, lessen our risk. Great. Great. Well, thanks, Scott. I really appreciate you taking the time to to talk to us and kind of give us a, a perspective of what's going on in your business. Uh, yeah. So now we're um, we're going to talk with Dr. Dave Horn. Uh, he's a consultant for Pull and Grain. And um, Dave, thanks for joining us this afternoon. Um, why don't you start by just telling everybody a little bit about uh, what you do? Uh, thanks, Rob. I'm a large animal veterinarian, graduated in vet school 30 years ago, had a practice for a while, and in the last 10 years, I've been working in the feed industry. And right now, I'm consulting with Pool and Grain, a family-owned feed business in uh, New York and New England, and I provide technical support and sales support for their nutritionists calling on dairy farms uh, in New York and New England. Great. I mean, you know, there's a Obviously, there's some things that just have to happen in order for dairies to keep keep operational, and that you know, the cows need the feed. So um, it's great you can join us, and maybe Dave shares a little bit about you know some of the the procedural things that um, we should be thinking about when you know feed ingredients are showing up on the dairy, and and how how do you provide consultation services for your clients yeah, in, this, sure. in this new environment. So we've been asked by Pool and Grain to to minimize uh, the the presence on the farm, basically to just do what's needed to service the service the customers. Uh, for the nutritionist, that re, that requires often taking feed samples from the bunk, uh, walking cows, and sitting in front of their computer and you know downloading their dairy comp or their PC Dart or their uh, on farm uh, testing information. So the the walking the cows part is okay, and the taking the feed samples is okay, but you know being in the office is uh, is not always a risk free behavior. So over the years, there's been more file sharing, so more and more nutritionists have access to the farm's computers remotely and through Dropbox and things like that. So they they've been doing more and more of that just to be more efficient with their time and to be able to access records uh, from home before they get to the farm so they can be prepared when they get there. So 
there's a lot of file sharing going on uh, remotely, which is which is really really good. And so, the the if they have to go into the office, they've communicated with the farm ahead of time. I'm be, I'm going to be at the farm. I'm going to take samples, and then I'll just need to run in and grab a backup from the computer. And they'll go in, um, you know, when no one else is in the office, they'll go in, take their backup and leave. They'll more than likely be wearing milker gloves. Um, a lot of them are carrying disinfectant wipes with them. So basically they're in the office long enough to take a, a backup of the computer. Uh, yeah. For farms that are pref preferring that that not even take place, um, then for sampling, the farm can, the consultant can leave their feed bag, their sample bags on the farm with mailers and the farms can just take their samples and mail it to the labs uh, by themselves. So uh, really the, you know, if things are going well on the farm and there's not a lot of feed changes going on, there's little or no visitation. It's a phone call, how are things going and, and uh, looking at records remotely. There's some parts of this that, you know, it's harder to do if, if you know, folks aren't used to taking their own samples you know, obviously they're going to need some guidance on to be shown how to do well. that. Yeah. Cause there's a proper way to take a sample. So, um, so there'll be some, some coaching there. So um, for feed deliveries, uh, the trucks, uh, you know, come from the feed mill, go directly to the farm. They drive to the bin. That's, that's usually a solo operation. There's usually very little contact unless they're just socializing while, while the truck is being unloaded. So obviously there's social distancing that, that can take place when that happens. Um, and luckily there's very little, little risk. A lot of times the drivers are wearing gloves and they're, again, they're isolated. They're out by the bins or they're out by the commodity shed and they're just making a feed delivery. Most of the feed ordering and ma inventory maintenance is done either remotely on an automatic schedule or is done with the farmer texting the nutritionist or the, the, the company directly and saying, I think I'm going to need grain tomorrow. So for the bulk deliveries into bins and commodity bays, it, it really very, very little change. The, the big change is in the bag business. So um, in, the, in, the, in the agricultural community, more and more people have three chickens in the backyard, a couple of sheep, a goat, a horse, and they may go to their feed, their feed store down the road and buy a bag a week or buy a bag a month, depending on how many animals they have. Well, just like the run on toilet paper and just like the run on meat in the, in the cooler at the supermarket, there's been a run on uh, animal feed because people are worried that, um, you know, trucking is going to be shut down. So there's been a lot yeah. of panic buying of bag feed. And so what that means is that the guys making the bags in the mill are working long, long shifts to, to satisfy dealers and farm store demands. Um, and that's been a very, that's been a big strain uh, because in some cases they're, you know, 20, 30, 40% increased production yeah, uh, with the same, crew, with the same crew. Really appreciate your time, Dave. Some really yeah, sure. So we're going to finish up here now with this episode of our Cornell Pro Dairy podcast. Hope you will join us for future episodes where we will be talking to other folks in the industry about how they're handling the current situation with COVID-19. So thanks very much for joining us.